what does the average week look like for you? Sure, it may start with church on a Sunday morning, but by Monday morning, can any of us remember what the sermon was about? We spend so much of our lives doing so many things, transporting our kids around, spending too many hours in the office, trying to find time to spend with our spouse. But most of what we do related to our faith is crammed into about 80 minutes on a Sunday morning. Did you know that in a week, there are 10,080 minutes? If we're spending 80 of those related to our faith, what are we doing with the other 10,000? That's what this podcast is all about. Hey everybody, it is great to be with you again. My name is Sawyer Trapp, and I'm our student ministry pastor here at Stapleton Church, and I'm joined, as always, by our lead pastor, Matt Wolf. How's it going today, Matt? I'm doing well. Good. It's like a good day. Yeah. I already had a couple cup of coffees. A couple cup of coffees? That's hard yeah, to say. it is kind of hard to say, and that's probably why I'm stuttering. <laughs> it's going to be a good day. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Right before the snow comes in. Yeah, that's crazy, right? I know. I don't know if I'm ready for snow. No, I'm definitely not. Yeah. Definitely not. <laughs> well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. So we we missed you guys last week. That's right. We missed you, and Sawyer here filled in and gave an incredible message on Sunday about an important topic, um, continuing our Belong series as we examine this idea of the world we live in today, that we've never been more connected, yet right. we've never felt more alone. And you jumped in with the idea that, hey, we've got to learn to open up. And your big idea uh, had some alliteration, maybe not alliteration, consonants. It was kind of, kind of rhyming. Consonants in there that vulnerability prevents invisibility. That's There's right. some V's in there. Yeah. V for victory. Vulnerability <laughs> prevents invisibility. Yeah. And you were looking at this idea that, hey, we curate our image online. Yeah. We look the perfect angle for our selfie. We write up our little profile blurb. Mm-hmm. We share exactly what, what what we want to do, the the bands we like, the um, trips we've taken, mm-hmm. all the things that we love. So we're curating this self-image like, this is who I am, but is that really who we are? Right. And that actually can prevent some real relationship. Real connection, yeah. If we're connecting with everybody through these yeah. perfect idealized versions of ourselves, are we really connecting? We're not. Yeah. <laughs> so why... Why is it that you wanted to focus on this idea of vulnerability and sharing who we are? Yeah, I think it's super important. Um, I think I think it's one of the main roots of why we feel so alone, um, mm. because we don't feel that we can actually show people our true selves. Yep. Because we're afraid of being hurt, of being made fun of, of maybe feeling like we're less than, devalued when we're competing with these perfect idealized versions of other people. Right. But if we actually took the risk to step out, to open ourselves up, to show who we really are, mm-hmm. weaknesses, difficulties, problems and all, yeah. it could actually lead us to the connection that we want. So why is this so especially important now? Like with the technological advancements, with the internet, with social media, why is it so important now? Because it's so easy to hide. Okay. When we connect only through like computer screens or through our phone screens or through words in a text message, we can present whoever we want to be. Yeah. Have you ever heard of the concept of catfishing? Yes. <laughs> so yeah. people people will act like other people. Yes. 
and try to date people online. Right. And then when they finally meet in person, it may it's not even that person. They've used false images. Right. You know, and, and have presented a completely different version of themselves. There's a lot of them where you think you're actually dating a woman, and it turns out it's a guy behind the profile. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so in a world where we can pretend and act like whoever we want to be. Yes. It's no wonder we've never felt more alone. Right. So you and I are millennials. We've yep. grown up with the internet, so yep. we have kind of experienced this. But you work with teenagers yep. primarily. Have you seen that with these Gen Zers, which mm-hmm. this group is yep. called, these Gen Zers? Is it even more so? Oh, absolutely. Okay, talk about that. So much so that so the the main majority of their connection with other people is online. Okay, and so I, I start to see these students who struggle to maintain eye contact. To hold a conversation, they'll they'll sit next to their friends, and I've been guilty of this. I will I will honor that. But sit next to their friends, they won't talk to one another. They'll text message one another, right? And so they struggle to have actual human connection, sure. Because you and I, we kind of grew up with technology, right? Yep. But from their birth, technology was their world, right? And so they don't know anything other than that, right? And so. The, the statistics of depression and anxiety and feelings of loneliness in Gen Z are through the roof. Sure. And, I mean, they're going to be the, the ones who not only are going to be in the workplace pretty soon, yeah. but they're going to be the bosses, the business owners. Yeah. They're going to be running our country pretty soon. Yeah. And we deal with the issue. They're going to deal with it even more. So we've got to figure out this idea of opening up. Exactly. You know, what I've seen, and I, when I've talked with teenagers, I remember once I gave a talk why maybe a year or two ago, and I mentioned that, hey, have you ever felt like you have your one personality that you show to these group of friends and another mm-hmm. one to this group of friends, another one at church, another one to your parents? And they're yeah. like, oh, yeah. They were all, like, nodding. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. How'd you know? Yeah. And I was like, yep. And with online, you could have three different online profiles. Definitely. Then you have your profile that who you are when you're playing, you're gaming. Yeah. That's pretty nasty one <laughs> Like, all of a sudden, this nice, polite kid is, like, the racist, like, filthy mouth. Right. I don't know. Put them in a video game scenario, they come, become a different person. Right, yeah. So, and just whatever those situations become different people. And I think they realize there's this, like, split personality disorder, and online has made it so much more. It's hard to be yourself. Yeah. Another thing that I've noticed, have you, have you seen this? I didn't date online. Okay, yeah. Did, did you? No. Yeah. Neither of us did, so no. we shouldn't be talking about No, we shouldn't. But I, I've talked with other people, and almost everyone now, when they come in for premarital counseling, I ask them, where, how, how did you meet online dating? Yeah. So I've had a lot of conversations mm-hmm. about it. And what I have seen with these profiles people put up is that sometimes they even think that's who they are. Mm. So here's the other thing. They put up online, oh, I love going hiking. Right. Here in Colorado. I'm, I'm so into hiking. <laughs> and then you ask them, like, when was the last time you went on a hike? Like, tell me the truth. Right. They're like, oh, three years ago. <laughs> but you love hiking. But that's the image that they even maybe are del- deluding themselves into thinking that they're this avid hiker. Maybe they even want to be the <laughs> avid hiker. So that's what they're presenting to the world, but it's not really who they are. If right. somebody really got to know them, they'd say, you love the idea of you being a hiker. Right. So not only are we curating the actual parts of our life, yep. we're presenting online who we want to be. It's aspirational. Right. Yeah, and so that just confuses it even more. Right, whole nother level of complexity. So this idea that we need to learn how to open up, to be vulnerable, mm-hmm. to prevent invisibility, that's how we can actually be seen for who we truly are. Right. For who we truly are. Absolutely. So here's a question then, Sawyer. Okay. 
who should we be vulnerable with? Mm, great question. Because there's some people that I don't want to be vulnerable with. <laughs> it's true, yeah. Maybe lots of people. I maybe don't. lots of people. Yeah, in, in fact, maybe some of the people listening to this are going to a small group because we kicked off our community right, groups right. for the first time, and they're like, I don't know about these people. I just met them. So who do we be vulnerable to? I, I think vulnerability is directly proportional to the depth of the relationship. Okay. And so if you just met someone, maybe you, you say your name, something brief about you, right? Yeah. But as that relationship grows, I think the, the depth of vulnerability should grow. Okay. And so the close yes. relationships you have in your life, your family members, your spouse, your maybe it is your small group. You've been with these people for years at this point, and you've really shared life together. Okay. And so I think as a relationship grows and develops and the connection and intimacy grows the depth of vulnerability should match that. Okay, I agree, but I'm going to push back a little bit. Okay. Because you're saying, you first said in your big idea that you have to be vulnerable to develop those relationships, and now you're saying wait till you have the relationship to be vulnerable. I think so which comes first? I think you're always being vulnerable. You're using okay. vulnerability as a means to grow the relationship. Okay. But as the relationship grows, your vulnerability increases. They're connected. Okay. Does that make sense? It, I think it does. Yeah. Talk about it a little more. Okay. So think about it like this. Yeah. Maybe, um, let's see. I'm trying to think of a great example. Um, what, like running. Running is a great example. Yeah. So in order to be a good runner, yeah. you have to start running. Right. But you're not going to go out and run a marathon on your first day out. Sure. You're going to run maybe 500 yards. Maybe. If that. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe too high. Right. But so like in a relationship, you're always running. You're always being vulnerable. Okay. So you're pushing it each time. Right. Okay. I I like that. Vulnerability is the door to relationship, but it's also the end of relationship. So, yeah, it just keeps getting – you keep pushing it, and then you can push it more. Right. And you can push it more, and then you can share more. So using the running analogy, maybe the first time you go running with someone, you shouldn't tell them about how you crapped your pants the last time you're out on a run. Is that, you, you don't maybe say that the first time that you're on a run That's with right. Them. You may not have a running buddy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but after you've been running for 10 times and right. you share the few little, hey, you know, by the way. That's right. Let me tell you about this funny time. You've developed rapport. You've right. developed a trust in the relationship. I have never had that happen to me, but I've heard of people. I don't know. You jumped to that pretty quickly. <laughs> dangerous when you're out there running. <laughs> Half marathons. Okay, moving on. Um, so w- what are the things we should be vulnerable with? Should we talk about that story, uh, that time where you, you soiled your running? What, what are the things you should be vulnerable with? I think ultimately we have to be vulnerable with everything. Okay. Now that seems, that seems horribly daunting, right? Yes, like, if you think back on your life and the things that you've done, the past that you've experienced, you're like, okay, I can't I can't just go out and, like, wear that on a T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> so, once again, you're not sharing it with everybody. Yep. Um, you shared this with me, but, and we were talking about this beforehand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh, not something you shared. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay. I'm not. <laughs> and, that's, and that's a good note, too. Is yeah. Be vulnerable about yourself. Yes. Don't share the vulnerabilities of others. Ooh, that's a good point. Yes. Side piece for you. It's called gossip, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. (laughs) Yes. Is that you have to be vulnerable with everything. Yeah. But you don't have to be vulnerable with everything with everyone. Mm. And so having all aspects of your life open. Right. But maybe some aspects of your life are limited to certain people. Sure. To your spouse, to close friends. 
yep. to a mentor. Hmm. So there's certain things that you retain for those people. Right. But you're vulnerable with all aspects of your life. When you meet someone, you're open. And as that relationship grows, the vulnerability grows. Yeah. And so what are you sharing? You're sharing your past, who you are, your hobbies, your relationship with God, areas that you need to grow. Mm-hmm. But you're not going to go out with your coworker that you're meeting for the first time and share your deepest, darkest secret. Right. Share the things that you're weakest at. Mm. But you do need to share that with someone. Yeah. Because, I, oh. It sounds like that requires quite a bit of wisdom. Absolutely. Absolutely. To determine who you need to be sharing that with and why. Okay, Sawyer. Um, I've had this conversation with lots of people. I've even experienced it myself that mm-hmm. you've shared something with someone. You thought that they were trustworthy. Mm. And maybe they betray your trust. Maybe they do go and gossip and tell somebody else. Or, or maybe they're disgusted by you and they give you the cold shoulder forever. Or they ghost you. Oh, yeah. You know, they just cut off <laughs> communication with you. How do we deal with that? Well, I, I think as much as we can try to be smart and be wise about the things that we're sharing, mm-hmm. relationships are messy. Sure. And so that's a risk that we have to take when we share with people. Mm-hmm. But first off, I would say try to mend that relationship. Okay. Whether that means going to talk to someone and said, hey, I didn't mean to scare you off. I know that might have been a big thing to share with you. But how do you feel about it? And then use that as an opportunity to talk to one another to mend that relationship. Yep. If they do ghost you, then try and seek them out as much as you can. Yeah. Because the relationship is valuable. Yeah. And then lastly, you talked about somebody talking behind your back. I think you just need to go to that person and be like, hey, maybe I wasn't clear, mm. but I, I wanted to keep that between us. Yeah. And see how they respond. Yeah, and, and it is tough. I mean, that even that word vulnerable right, literally means like leaving yourself open to be hurt. Right. It comes from the Latin word from for wound. I looked it up. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. You're like opening Literally yourself means to be wounded. To be and wounded. guess what? Yeah. We all get wounded. Right? Oh, yeah. So how, how do we move on from that? Whew, that's a hard one. Yeah. How do we move on? Because we've been, we've been vulnerable with the person. Maybe we've tried to mend it, but they were just scared off. There's no chance. We just have to kind of let it go. But now how do we move on? Some of us have shared so much, maybe in a romantic relationship or with a friendship, with a mentor even, right. and then it's just been completely, it's used against us, and mm-hmm. we just feel so wounded, and like, I'm never doing that again. I, I think we do need to take some time to heal and mm-hmm. reflect, Yeah. but like I said, vulnerability and relationship are tied together, mm-hmm. and so ultimately, we have to take the next step. We have to move on to another relationship, because... Actually, what's going to help us with that broken relationship is more relationship. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's really ironic yeah, is that yeah. the, the solution to our problem is the thing that's causing our problem. Right. And you shared that quotation from the psychologist. Mm-hmm. Do you have that? I have it mostly memorized. I could okay. pull it up yeah, really quick. Pull it up because that was so powerful. I even sent it to me because I was like trying to take it down on my notes. Uh, on Sunday, I was like, this is so good. Yeah. Um, so it says this. It's about a Bruce D. Perry, and he works with um, children who have experienced child abuse, sexual abuse, all that sort of stuff. But he says, for years, mental health professionals taught people that they could be psychologically healthy without social support. That unless you love yourself, no one else will love you. We've, we've heard that idea tossed around before. But he says, the truth is this. You cannot love yourself 
unless you have been loved and are loved. Yeah. Because the capacity to love cannot be built in isolation. Yeah. And I love that. When I found that, I was yeah. like, oh, this is perfect. I mean, it's yeah. it's incredible. It does kind of go against what some of us have been taught right. in school. Right. That you have to almost earn love. You have to, like, love yourself enough so you yeah. become worthy of other people's yeah. love. You just need more self-esteem. You right. Know? Yeah. Right. When the reality is, is that if you don't feel love, how could you ever love yourself? Yeah. If you aren't in a position that you feel supported and valued, that you can open up, right. how could you? Right. Yeah. So that leads us to another question. Okay. So there's somebody listening right now who's been hurt in the past, mm-hmm. and they're saying, you're right, Sawyer. I listen to your message. I'm listening to this podcast right now. It's time for me to finally open up again, mm-hmm. or maybe open up for the first time. Yeah. Or I've been putting up this facade that I'm the, the tough guy, but I'm not. I'm mm-hmm. weak, and I have so much self-doubt. Or, you know, I, I pretend like I'm just super mom, but <laughs> yeah. but I'm not. Like, I'm barely keeping my head above water. And I need to just share this with someone. I, I see the value in this, but how do I just start? How do I start? Because I don't feel like I have the relationship with someone that I can really share. I mean, most people today, honestly, they have to pay somebody. Mm. Right? Right. We have to pay somebody $150 a week. So that we can open up to them. So how do we start with just a relationship that we don't have to pay? How do we do it? <laughs> I think we have to be bold enough to take the first step, mm. to go first. Yeah. Because most people, when they see somebody open up, it's like, oh, I feel comfortable to open up now, too. Mm. And so it's mutual. It's yep. reciprocal. Yep. Uh, Brene Brown, I got another Brene Brown quote that I didn't toss into my sermon, but it's very applicable now, is that most people believe that vulnerability is weakness, Hmm. but reality is vulnerability is courage. Hmm. We must ask ourselves, are we willing to be shown up and be seen? Are we willing to take the risk? And it is a risk. Yep. But if we actually go first, if we take that step, if we start to share, if we take off the mask then more often than not, and sometimes it may not happen, but maybe we just need to try it in a different relationship, mm-hmm. more often than not, it's going to be responded to. Mm-hmm. And that vulnerability builds on vulnerability. And as you share and go first, the other person is going to start to do that. And then it just continues to grow and flourish. Mm-hmm. That's good. So usually we wait for the other person to go right. first, right? But you're saying no. Right. I say go first. Go first. Why should I go first, though? <laughs> Why should I have to do that? I, I think as as Christians, as people who understand that we have been loved, mm-hmm. we have a God who went first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who sought us out when we had nothing to do with him. Yep. And so if we try are trying to follow a God who goes after us, mm-hmm. we should be people who go after other people. Mm-hmm. That we're willing to open up first. Right, right. Wow, that's powerful. Yeah, and I'll, I'll just affirm you in this, Sawyer, because you gave the message Sunday. I wasn't even on. It was my vacation <laughs> week, but I, I came uh, to the service, and you shared in your message about how some your struggles with pride. Yeah. And you, so you were demonstrating how right. to be vulnerable, like in front of all of us. And then afterwards, people were coming up to me and just opening up to me. <laughs> and so I like a, it, it, when you do open up other people open up right and i had a lot of people open up to me after the service come up and say hey so thanks for sharing that 
this is this is what I'm struggling with, or this is my weakness, or yeah, right, yeah, it, it's so powerful. Okay, then what do you do when those people come to you and open up? So you're saying, okay, I'm going to open up about this issue that I'm having in mm-hmm. my life. I'm struggling at work, so I'm trying to get some help. And, and instead of just pretending like I have it all together, I like I don't even know if I can keep this job or financially mm-hmm. make it. I, I've got to share this with someone. And you're doing that, and then all of a sudden they open up with something even bigger. Oh, by the way, I'm having an affair. Mm. Or, or by the way, my husband's having an affair. My wife's having. Oh my gosh! Like this is. Like, it's not just this life struggle. This is a bomb that someone right. drops on you. How how do you respond? I, I think as as those even larger things come up, mm-hmm. we have to be people who listen really well. Yeah. That can sit with people even in the midst of these hard, difficult, messy situations. Mm-hmm. But it can't stop there. It can't just be like, thank you so much for sharing that with me. I think we actually have to walk through it with them. Okay. That when we're in relationship with other people, we get to celebrate the joys and mountaintops of their life, but it also means walking through them in the valleys. Yeah. And so it means following up with them. If they are the person who is in this affair, challenging on that and saying, why are you doing this? What's happening? Um, do, do we need to talk about this? Yeah. That sort of stuff. And following up, maybe being a person of accountability for them. Sure. Um, and always seeking to bring that person up, build them up, um, because that's what we're called to do. Sure. Yeah. That's challenging. Yeah. It's challenging work. Well, uh, thanks for sharing a little bit more, Sawyer, yeah. on this message. I, I felt like this was one that really we needed to go deeper in, and I'm glad that, that you did this, uh, that you were willing to share on all this stuff. Because, man, this is something we need so bad. It's so oh, yeah. hard. When, when you're in the struggle, sometimes you're like, I don't want to share. I've been sharing too much. Right. Like, this is the last four <laughs> years of my trial. Everybody thinks I'm just a perpetual downer. Right. Um, but, yeah, we're called to be vulnerable. We're called to go first, that when we are weak – that's when we are strong. Absolutely. Man, we need that word. <laughs> yeah. Vulnerability prevents invisibility. And I want to be seen. That's right. Go out there and be seen. All right. Thanks for listening. Like us. Share us. Come back next week for another episode because we are going to be talking about listening. Oh, there we go. Ooh, Works together. Yes. <laughs> Come back this Sunday. We're going to be talking about that in the message and then we'll dive even deeper into that in our 10,000 podcast and we look forward to talking to you again next week. Have a good one.